Hi, this is Coach Aaron Saft in the Running is Life podcast. My guest is a, a repeat offender, <laughs> Allison Mercer. Uh, Allison most recently just uh, set a PR at the Berlin Marathon, uh, sub 250. She ran 249, which is awesome. Uh, but that uh, made her confident to go into the Tunnel Hill 50 miler and go after um, the American uh, record. Uh, well, not just the American record, but the course record uh, for uh, Tunnel Hill 50, uh, which you know would require a low six-hour finish. Um, and so we talk about uh, what went on and how she ended up getting an American Masters 50-mile record. Uh, great conversation. We talk about strolling Jim and her finish there, getting her her second uh, golden shirt. And, you know, what went into her training, what was training like between strolling gym and Berlin, and then how did she go from Berlin to the Tunnel Hill 50 miler? There's a lot in here. We talk about, you know, the, the, the team she has behind her, her training, uh, the races, nutrition, all sorts of stuff, strength training. It's, it's you know, really in-depth. We wanted to kind of dive in and just kind of hear from her and, and how she did things. So maybe you guys can take some things away from it rather than just do kind of a race report. So I really really appreciate Allison's time and I mean congratulations for amazing finish at Tunnel Hill so you'll hear all about it here in our conversation afterwards I've uh, got a listener question that came in so I'm going to answer that and we talk I mentioned it in the podcast here but uh, I had a, a question come in about uh, training under uh, a ketone uh, or a ketosis diet so I'm going to talk about that at the end and then, um, you know, kind of catch up on everything else that's going on here. So until then, enjoy my conversation with Allison. So I have with me the one woman dance party, <laughs> also known as Allison Mercer. It's great to see you, ma'am. Um, although the listeners obviously can't. Um, but uh, how is everything feeling after such a tremendous effort? Feels great. Let's go do a hundred now. No, I'm just kidding. I don't want Ben, my husband, to hear that. He will just start cringing and say, "Hey, we promise no more racing after this year." <laughs> that's fantastic. Um, so that said, fifty miles. This was this year. You guys had done the Georgia Loop as the FKT, right? It was the Georgia Loop? We had done Georgia Loop and Georgia AT. And Georgia AT. So you've been over the distance, right? <laughs> yeah. But not a runnable 15 right, miles. Right, but not a, yeah, but not a runnable 50 miles. Yes, that's that's for sure. Yeah, not 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 quite comparable. <laughs> um, right. Yeah. So um so we've been over this distance, but this was um uh, yeah, I really can't wait to just dive in on this, but we have so much to talk about. So um, let's start, Allison, with just a little bit about you. You've been on the podcast, uh, I think, two times previously. We talked about uh, the Georgia Loop when you guys did that, you and Ben, and then we talked about uh, Strolling Jim when you ran outstandingly last year. That was that was last year, I'm thinking, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, so now we're talking Tunnel Hill, but um, you know, for those that don't know, Allison, can you give us a snapshot of, of Allison Mercer? <laughs> Sure. I'm new to this running thing now. Um, <laughs> I've been running for years. I was one of those people that couldn't dribble a basketball, even though I'm five nine. Um, <laughs> didn't have any hand-eye coordination, so I started taking up running. And just very casual in high school. Played ultimate frisbee in college at the University of Pennsylvania. And after um, college, just kept running very casually. I worked in TV, so running was the one thing you could do anytime. And then 
through friends and running groups started doing marathons. And then thanks to Strava and friends and people telling me about FKTs kind of go, went into longer distances and, you know, and peer pressure by my husband started doing <laughs> more competitive races like str strolling gym and uh, tunnel hill. So that's why we're here. Right on. And, um, the marathon for those that, um, want to hear what's your PR in the marathon? I set my PR this year at Berlin in a two forty nine. So very happy awesome. with that. Yes. And the, uh, Olympic, uh, trials qualifier is set at what now? 237. So 237. okay. Little off on that. We'll see what happens next cycle, but I feel like, yeah, I feel very strong. It was a very comfortable pace. So depending on if they lower the standard more, um, I would want to go for it. Why not? But there's a few other things on my list that may take priority. So we'll just see how the year shakes out. Okay. Okay. That's awesome. Uh, when when do you have to have the Olympic uh, uh, trial qualifier time in by? Is the trials in February in Orlando? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. So um, the last race is CIM. So obviously this this cycle is is null and void. But next cycle, okay. you know, we'll see what the standard is. I see. Right on. Very good. Yeah. Cool. Um, so um, let's talk a little bit. Um, I, I imagine that after strolling gym, that gave you a glimpse into possibilities. Um, so after strolling gym, what was the seed that was planted? Uh, and you can talk about strolling gym a little bit just to kind of recap what you did. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not only last year at strolling gym, getting the gold shirt, finishing second to Camille and running the um, third fast, fourth fastest time at the course history. Um, I came back this year to do strolling gym again. I was going to do it with Ben, but he had injuries. So um wanted to see if I could capture the magic again. If it was a fluke, what could happen? And even though the course was more true to the race conditions where it was like 70 at the start and I knew it was going to be hot, especially the last 10 miles where you're gone through all the hills, but you're just fully exposed and ran about the exact same time and became the first woman to ever win two gold shirts. So mm -hmm. it's cool that four women or three women have gold shirts, but only one has two. So <laughs> it was pretty special and felt very rewarding knowing that wasn't a fluke. Um, because last year in Chicago, um, marathon, I didn't have the best race. I had sprained my ankle a week and a half before and really just wanted some redemption and feeling like, all right, I can do this and, um, just get that confidence back. Yeah. And, and for those that don't know, strolling gym is roughly 40 miles. Yeah. 41.2. 41 41.2. 41 there it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, so 41.2. Um, it's roads. Yeah. In, mm -hmm. in Tennessee. Um, and then um, the gold shirt, the standard for getting a gold shirt is sub. Five hours. Sub five hours, which, mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's incredible. Um, awesome. And like you said, you know, the, the woman that beat you last year was, was Camille Heron. So <laughs> um, Casual. yeah, yeah, <laughs> not too, not too shabby. Mm -hmm. Um, so that sets you up well now, um, you know, based off of that, and uh, what did you project? What, what all of a sudden were you like, you, you know, what was going through your head? 
Um, I mean, it just felt great. I felt um, I finished second overall, and it was just so rewarding knowing it was about 20 degrees warmer, and I ran the exact same a year older, year later, um, you know, a little different training. Okay. Um, I had followed a similar training plan to what I did um, the year before, but just added more volume because okay. I feel like I just needed more miles and add more hills because I knew what to expect. And I, and I guess that's a blessing and a curse when you know you've just got four big hills, you got to finish strong, and then knowing the last 10 is as runnable as you can on that course. So mm. really save it. Nice. So it was nice to know what to train for, what to look out for, and kind of have preparation beforehand. That's awesome. And uh, that previous training plan, was that something you came up with yourself? No, I had Janice Anderson come up with it. And she had set course records. I think she had won it probably 10 times like you they give a packet every year and it gives a history of the race and who's competed and her name is literally everywhere including <laughs> the year she didn't show up because she was getting married like <laughs> it's amazing so pretty cool, cool to have someone that knows the course understands it and kind of gets and is lives really close by so she knows exactly where to train okay um, and then in your preps for, for Tunnel Hill, um, did she write you a plan as well or yeah? Yes, yeah, she's done Tunnel Hill several times as well. And after Berlin, the legs felt good. And I talked to Ben and I was like, am I crazy to do a 50 miler six weeks after this race? Because Berlin, I had signed up for in December of last year. So my race calendar was basically focused on Berlin. Mm -hmm. um, Ben's sister lives in Finland and was moving to Berlin. So we were going to do a family trip anyways. So she was like, let's all register for Berlin. And of course, I'm the one that gets in. Uh -huh. So that was on my calendar. But after strolling Jim, Steve Durbin, who is a co-RD along with Laz, was like, I want you to do Tunnel Hill. You would fly. You would do so well. I want you to do it. And I was just like, I don't want to make any promises because if Berlin goes bad, if I get injured, I don't want to make any promises and then feel like I'm failing or I'm coming up short and mm -hmm. just put unnecessary pressure. But okay. when Berlin went well, I felt like I could have run longer and just held a very consistent pace. Um, I was like, let's go for it. <laughs> nice. You know? Yeah. Very cool. Um, so, all right. So that's how we set up Tunnel Hill. And as you said, your schedule was really set up for, for Berlin. Now, in in the rears, did she plan as a, like a kind of an asterisk, like maybe Tunnel Hill is still out there? Like, or was it totally focused on Berlin? So I actually used her training plan from Chicago and just added a lot more miles where I just ran every day. Like, um, I just found... I do better just running every day. It doesn't have to be world record pace every day, but just to get out there, get the legs moving, even if it's five miles. Um, we live so close to very soft surfaces in the trails that there's no, I have no excuse not to go. So I feel like I feel worse when I'm not running and 
being able to balance what is an easy pace, recovery pace versus a workout really helped get myself in training and gear and also get those higher mileage. But after Berlin, I was like, who will understand my craziness of a six week recover from Berlin, but prepare for um, Tunnel Hill. So that's when I called Janice and I was like, am I crazy for wanting to do this? And can you write me a plan that will set me up for success to have that confidence? Like I can do this distance. I can run this at a consistent pace Mm -hmm. and um, with eyes on the course record. Uh, uh, Now with eyes on the course record, um, was it the overall course record or or were we the women's the women's course record of a 602, which I also looked at what the master's record was, and it was a 609. So I knew if I got the course record, then I would also get the master's record. Right. So and given the how master's running is right now with Camille, with Des, with Sarah Hall, like everyone's just running so fast and age is not even relevant. I was like, why not go for it? It's something that is in my wheelhouse within my range of possibilities. So why not? And who who was the um, the previous? I mean, it, you know, we we'll just say yes. The the course records were broken. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. But uh, and we'll get to that obviously. But um, who mm-hmm. held them previously? Um, I I forget the name. I should, but it was from twenty seventeen. So, and okay. she also has the 100K record right now. Okay. So, um, yeah, I mean, I was more focused on the number than the person. <laughs> right. And and so um, you were looking at the course records. Um, mm-hmm. You also established an American best time in the process, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, American master's record. Okay. Um, we, we can get to that as well. Um but um, let's go back a little bit because I, I want to kind of set up your your training. Um, mm-hmm. Now, training for strolling gym that was very specific, right? We're we're not we're not looking at marathon training there. Um, so, um, what did your volume look like training for strolling gym in comparison to when you were training for Berlin? Was it similar or less? Um, I would say it was focused more on hills specific and just being powerful, not only on the uphills, but the downhills, because I felt like my adductors really started cramping and I could really feel it um, at the end when there's some really steep downhills. So just focusing more on the weaknesses and just being so strong on the climbs that I would do. Um, really hilly course, um, a course around my neighborhood, but then go to the flats. So right. I could still have the legs to kind of just finish strong versus Berlin, where it's just as pancake as it can get. And I felt like during Chicago, my quad started hurting because it was just so repetitive and, mm-hmm. and just the same motion. And, and there was no kind of up or down or something <laughs> that I just made sure I could just zone out, you know, just what is it go to sleep and then just keep going and it was not a problem right on so um allison's kind of in the uh, atlanta area did you find mm-hmm. it suitable for for training for such a flat race oh definitely there's um like i say the neighborhood um my neighborhood is can be really flat they're right by the chattahoochee river and uh, there's a five mile kind of loop 
where I would do it up to like four times and there's a bathroom and a water shop. And I literally know every mile marker on there. And it's such a popular place that I would run with friends, uh, members of the Atlanta track club, um, have friends come out and just see people where it's just, you know, just a fun place to run and, and meet up with different people and help the miles fly by. Nice. And, and looking back at Sterling Jim, uh, did you um, and um, Janice, right? It was mm-hmm. Janice. Um, did you and Janice set up um, specific blocks to train something specifically? Um, like, for instance, uh, was there a um, threshold block? Was there a, a peak VO2 block? Or did you guys um, mix the systems and you know do use that approach? It was more on just pace work where a lot of it was easy runs, just building volume and or there would be some at strolling gym pace where if it was strolling gym pace, I would make sure it was hilly and just able to handle that. Or we would do some at marathon pace where it was just quicker turnover and or in long runs, I would do a mixture of both where it was like, all right, we're going to do it at strolling gym pace, then come down to marathon pace and then really have that and also just be so comfortable with that pace where I wouldn't even have to look at my watch and know, all right, I'm going up this pace or I'm, I'm picking it up a little too fast. Like I shouldn't be mile two and doing six thirties. Okay. Did you incorporate anything else? Um, strides, strength training, anything to that capacity? Yes. Um, Marissa Romeo actually wrote me a strength training plan, which helped immensely because that was one thing I felt like I lacked and needed some kind of structure to really help with core, upper body, and really build in that. So I worked with her getting a plan that was really easy to follow um, just from home. I work from home. So it's nice to break up the day with um, after a long run or a workout with a good strength training plan. Nice. And was that for both uh, Strolling Gym and for uh, Berlin slash mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. All right. And um, how about any other ancillary things? Are you doing any type of mobility, um, strides, uh, yoga? Is there any other pieces that you added? Um, I do a lot of stretching and I do a lot of um, legs against the wall, a lot of uh, foam rolling, um, I have this thing, my psoas is always messed up. So I do this thing called the so right, where you just literally lie on this thing and it stretches out your psoas just mm-hmm. to really stretch everything out. Um, just making sure I'm incorporating that. Um, don't really, I would do some strides at the end of workouts, but more of just the overall, just stretching and making sure I feel good and making sure everything feels loose and also just regular body work. Um, we work with um, one of our good friends, Shannon Greenhill, who has a practice up in Blue Ridge um, and literally go see her. And she helps with dry needling or any kind of aches and pains and has literally saved my body and Ben's body. And she just does wonderful work. And it's just nice to have someone that's gets it because she works out. She was runner, pro cyclist. So she gets the needs of runners, which I feel like is so helpful. Yeah. And uh, I think it's important just to pause and just 
you know, note that you have, and this is something I always talk about on the podcast is you have such a good team around you, right? You've got uh, someone that can take care of the, the niggles, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you've got uh, Marissa that's helping you with the strength training. You've got Janice that's helping you with your programming. Mm -hmm. You know, you have people around you that are providing you feedback as well as structure to your program. Um, and you know, you can ask questions, communicate with, which is fantastic. Um, I think that's a great approach. Uh, and, and, you know, the, probably the one that provides the most success to, you know, to anyone. So, uh, the kudos to you <laughs> um, and Ben too. Cause I feel ben like too. Ben, Ben <laughs> handles the rest, the yeah. day to day, any time of stress and just having, I think a partner and in, in a support yes. system yeah. to have that, that gets it and just totally. literally supports your dreams because yep. a lot of this wouldn't be possible for me to recognize it because running has just been a part of my life, but knowing that I can achieve bigger things, you need someone that can dream that with you. Yeah. No, it's, um, ben being her husband. Um, and I don't know if we mentioned that previously, but um, Ben, uh, yes. Uh, you know, having that significant other that is invested and in, invested in what you're trying to accomplish is absolutely huge. Um, mm -hmm. you know, I, I'm blessed to have the, the same in my partner, <laughs> you know, you know, all about it. Yeah, that absolutely. makes the sacrifices. Absolutely. Yes. Understand yes. it. <laughs> yep. 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 That's for sure. You got to have them on board. That's a great mm -hmm. point. Um, okay. So, um, after, uh, strolling gym now, um, help me with the timeline here. Uh, strolling gym is, is that May? Am I thinking? Yep. First, yep. first Saturday in May. First Saturday in May. Okay. So you finished strolling gym, uh, first Saturday in May. What does the recovery period look like for you? Uh, it was basically, um, I go with, and I, you may be familiar with this, the Pat Reagan method mm -hmm. of recovery, where you take a day off for every 10 miles yep. raced. And so I made sure to just take my time, just where are the quads? When can I, you know, and yep. I think your listeners will appreciate this, sit down on the toilet and not feel like your, <laughs> you know, quads are going to give out, <laughs> go right. down the stairs. Yes. Um, <laughs> And just felt good, but I feel like doing a lot of walking and just slow jogging back because I um, decided to do um, a couple fun 5Ks because I had the Peachtree Road Race coming up and I was racing it as a master's. So I wanted to do well on that. Mm -hmm. And so I did a couple tune-up races and then um, did Peachtree. So it was kind of like a month to get ready into the 10k mode <laughs> and ended up Peach winning Peach. first in masters oh nice yeah. yeah that's incredible that's uh july 4th right <laughs> correct yes yeah. the world's okay. largest 10k that's in awesome. atlanta <laughs> so okay so we went from uh first weekend of may got a good recovery period into june basically and then <laughs> kind of a, a a short cycle training you for peach tree 10k <laughs> yes cool. okay um and body stayed healthy. Everything was good. Everything was good. Awesome. And then rolled right into um, Berlin training okay. where it was just like um, Berlin was September 24th or 25th. So I had about, you know, it's not like I was going, didn't have a base. So it, I used my like 12 week Chicago plan to really hone in starting first week in August. Um, to do that and then um just very smooth training plan it was very smooth training block and peaked to about 90 miles um a week which i had never done 
and just going with a higher volume approach, which really helped. I feel like I, you know, you always worry about doing higher mileage, but it worked because once again, having the system recovery, nutrition, sleep, and just a regular schedule. Last year we were moving. Um, we traveled a ton. Ben had a hundred miler. We went up to visit my family in Montana. Um, and just had a lot of interruptions, sprained ankle to have no other kind of outside stressor really helped in dialing in. Plus having a group um, with the Atlanta track club that were um, really focused in on file marathons made this training block a lot easier. Awesome. Um, and, you know, of note here, uh, you know, and Allison says that she, she got to a max volume of 90 miles per hour, 90 miles per hour, 90 miles per week, <laughs> I <would. laughs> 90 miles per week. Um, you know, note that she said she had a good base under her and that she's been doing this for long periods of time. So those of you that are looking to increase volume, increase, you know, wisely, it's not that you have to increase by 10%, you know, it's, it's more just what is your experience? Where have you been in the past? And, you know, what has your body been able to accommodate without injury? And also note that Allison took a very holistic approach. She was taking care of everything. As we already talked about, she had the team that surrounded her to keep her healthy, you know, the strength component, the mobility component. You know, there's a lot here that kept Allison healthy. So it's not that you can't increase your volume. It's just you need to make sure you're incorporating all of those things in your growth to increase your volume. And, and you know, there is no ideal volume for anyone. Like, you know, Allison's was 90 miles per hour. Some others may be 60, maybe 70. It's all individualistic. So uh, realize that as well. I don't want think people thinking like, oh, I should shoot for 90 miles per week. <laughs> um, no. So, uh, you know, that's something to talk about as well, because, um, you know, she developed her skeletal muscular system. And that's something we often neglect. And that's where injury can, you know, can come in is we often work on the cardiovascular side of this. We only think of running as running is what's going to keep us, you know, improving. But Allison working with Marissa, she improved her skeletal muscular system, which is also, you know, something that's very important for running. Um, there's so many benefits to it. And that's a whole other conversation. But, you know, incorporating both is what's going to keep you healthy and allowing that volume to, to continue to increase. So just decide. Definitely. <laughs> and, and also the nutrition, you know, fueling is so yeah. important. I feel like, you know, females, especially we skimp out, but there's something to be said for having regular nutrition if you need a nutritionist and balancing the amount of volume and what you're doing because if you're not fueling and recovering it just you won't be able to run and I've had my past of, of dealing with that and I feel like most people have had probably history and and if you want to be successful it's okay you don't have to be this stick thin you want to be strong you want to be healthy you want to be able to do every run and make it to your max potential right great points great points absolutely you know nutrition is vital so um as i've <laughs> learned about recently that's then it's oh your last episode yes yep yep and then uh i actually had a great question which i'll probably answer after we uh you know we finish our conversation about um being a keto runner um there was a, a question came in so i'll i'll answer that later but um Man, it's uh, that, you know, I'm so glad to hear you had this this great approach with the uh, 
the team around you. Um, so the, the Berlin training, um, once again, I'll, I'll ask the question, was there uh, a focus in the, the cycle where there, was it spread out in blocks? Um, was there intention as to what you were training in, in various pieces of the, the training block? Um, or did you continue with the, you know, getting used to marathon pace? Yeah, it was more focused on marathon pace and just setting that rhythm and just getting used to the flat, 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 uh, zoning out and just finding that um, rhythm within myself, knowing that pace. Mm-hmm. And it really paid off because in the race, my splits were dead even. It was about um, 20 minute 5K. And that was another thing. If people are ever doing Berlin, make sure you do your workouts in kilometers because <laughs> the race is measured and the markers are all kilometers. There are no mile markers. Right. You can tell the Americans because their watches go off in the miles. Right. But that's the only way you know what your miles are. So I started knowing like, all right, 5K or knowing an 8K is about five miles and all the water stops were about 5K spread apart. So just really settling into a rhythm. And like I said before, I knew without looking at my watch, because just like Chicago, your watch can go haywire. You're going in and out of busy cities, busy streets, you know, GPX watches can only do so much um, to really know, all right, this is what this pace feels like. This is how my arms are going, my legs, my cadence. Um, And also a huge thing was practicing nutrition and really dialing in um, fueling strategies because I take like seven, eight gels during a marathon and just making sure your stomach's comfortable with that. Um, and also my peak was in the Atlanta heat. So, you know, I knew going in, it was going to be a lot cooler, but if your body can get used to the high temperatures, high humidity, or as we call poor man's altitude, it really <laughs> helps in building the strength training, but it also adds to the recovery, making sure that you are getting those necessary electrolytes and, and replenishing your body because some of those workouts, I was white. Another question that often gets asked Mm -hmm. is um, you're, you know, you work full time, right? Um, Your max volume was 90 miles per week. You're also doing strength training. What are some ways that you make sure you get it all in? Um, yes. Uh, well, I guess I have one and a half jobs with FKT, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) I am a huge morning person. I love getting out the door, getting it in. Um, so just having the 6am wake up call much to Ben's dismay. Um, (laughs) because he's not a morning person. Um, and just getting out the door because it's one of those things where I, it's, better almost up there with coffee where I am a totally different person. If I don't have that morning run, you do (laughs) not want to talk to me. My boss to the point is like, have you not gone on your run today? (laughs) Um, So just fitting it in. And then in the afternoons, because I'm remote and I sit at a desk, I take, you know, my lunch break and make sure I get the workout in or after work and, and really make sure I, I feel better because I have the approach where I know I feel better after I do it. Mm -hmm. And even if it's doing half and half breaking up the day, so I'm not sitting as long and making sure I'm walking around because as many people know, you sit at your desk all day. It's just, you're tired. You're lethargic. It's, you know, very 
it's just bad for you because now they say sitting is the new smoking. So to really help break up the day. And once again, I'm really lucky in having a very flexible um, position. But when I travel for work, it makes it a little harder where I just have to be flexible in my schedule and know, all right, if I'm going to Phoenix or Seattle, I'll try and get my run in at, you know, 530 in the morning or if there's a good treadmill, make sure I have a good um, playlist. Nice. So you have to be flexible too. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, and along that flexibility, flexibility, um, if, you know, something on the schedule calls for, um, a harder effort, let's say, you know, you had a, a, a pace day, um, but your body's like telling you, um, Hey, you know, today may not be the day. How do you handle that? Do you run through it or do you move it? How do you do that? Um, so it just depends on what it is. Like, if I'm on my period and I feel like crap, mm -hmm. um, I will move it to another day. If um, I'm just being, um, I look at the outside stressors. Like, mm -hmm. did I get a good night's sleep? Is work really stressful? Um, I'll either skip it or just say, hey, I'm going to start out, get a good playlist, maybe ask a friend to go run and kind of get started. Because sometimes it just takes that push out the door to really just, make you like get that rhythm. All right, I can do this. Or sometimes you just um, say no, like it's just all on how your body and, and I feel like for me doing this for as long as I have, you really are in tune with your body and know, all right, is this an injury or is this a little niggle or is this, Hey, I'm at peak week or, you know, other, other signs and symptoms, or am I just really stressed? Yeah. That's great way to look at it. Awesome. Very cool. Um, what does a taper look like for you? Um, I did about, um, oh, every taper is a little different. Um, as I talked about with, with Berlin, um, it was initially set as a, um, we were going to visit Ben's sister and travel with his family. Um, but that taper involved going to Finland, Sweden, and Norway, which, <laughs> It's great. It's a great opportunity, <laughs> but when you're probably not wanting to be on your feet as much, especially in cobblestones and going to different countries, it probably wasn't the most ideal for a marathon, but early on I shaped it as a, this is an experience and the marathon is a reward. Like I get to do this. I get to be a part of this. I am we are fortunate enough to travel internationally to do our race. Man. So I went in with the perspective of, I'm not going to miss an opportunity to see castles in Sweden or go on a boat tour in Norway because my race. Yeah. So I think it, it was a good um, mentality of going, you know, I want to do well. I want to PR, but I'm not willing to sacrifice the trip. Sure. Um, so that was tough, but the day before the race, I, I kind of chilled out. Um, we watched the inline skating competition. I met up with a friend and kind of walked around Berlin a little bit and saw the Holocaust Memorial Brandenburg gate and kind of got, um, a perspective. Um, I'm Jewish. So to see the history and really know how fortunate, um, I am to be a part of this race and, and just think about the history of the city, what's gone on. Um, just 
put a bigger picture of, oh, my race, what am I going to do? I haven't been able to really rest and, and put things in perspective, which I feel like as runners, we always kind of lose sight of. Yes. Yep. So, but yeah, I mean, I felt the one thing about that race is, um, the logistics and getting down there and going to the start, it's about a mile. So you don't really need to warm up. And just like any major, it gets very overwhelming when you have 50,000 people of all different countries and nationalities and coming through and, you know, you're just, there's no signs. So I'm just like, just get to the start, just get to the start. (laughs) And, um, were you in uh, the elite corral? Were you in the? I was in um, wave two, wave B. Okay. So wave A was like two forty five, I think sub two forty five. Okay. And then so I was right behind, but we got to see Kipchoge getting announced, and it just <laughs> everyone just starts cheering, and there's like pyrotechnics. It was wild, <laughs> but when the gun went off. I didn't even cross like the starting little gate or whatever until sure. a minute and a half after. It just shows you how crowded it was. Yeah. And, and I probably weaved in and out for the first five to six miles. Okay. Uh, did mm. that put you behind on pacing or? Um, no, I was pretty right on. Um, okay. You know, I also went in with it was like, I want to hit this time. I'll go for it. But if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But as I went on, it was kind of funny because I wore headphones and I have never listened to music during a marathon. But because it was just kind of overwhelming with all the people, I was like, I'll listen to music, get in my zone, just find my comfort zone. I just kind of zoned out and honed in on that pace. And then I forgot to put off my notifications. So it was reading all my text messages. <laughs> so a group of friends were up at like three in the morning going, Allison's pacing is phenomenal. He is just <laughs> consistent uh, 20 minute 5Ks. Like, can she hold on to this? Like, all this. I was like, oh, I'm doing well, I guess. That's awesome. Because it was hard to see with the clocks um, because I didn't see what time I actually crossed the start. So I didn't know chip, chip time versus gun time. But um, every time I saw it, I could see it was about plus 20 minutes, plus 20 minutes. Yep. Um, and then um, had as much nutrition. But the one thing I noticed is that they had Morton drink mix about twice, but not until later, like 32 or 35 K did they have the gels. Okay. So that was kind of like, I'm glad I had plenty of gels. <laughs> And they had hot tea at one point too, which was oh, wild. Yeah, that's weird. Okay. <laughs> but overall, the race was just so smooth. Like Good. it was nice to know once I was like halfway, I was like, oh, I have a half, rep. like no problem. And just started really like honing in and passing people and just spotting any ponytails and just kind of just moving <laughs> myself up. So nice. it felt really good to feel really strong throughout that race. Very cool. Now, do you, um, from the gun, do you go right to pace or do you work into it? What's your strategy? Um, yeah, it was about, um, yeah, I, I started about sub 630. I really wanted to break 250. That was the goal. Um, and just see where I could, you know, see what I could do. Um, 
I was having a lot of tapered tantrums where like my foot was bothering me before the race. So I was just like, I don't know if I can do this, but I was just like, you know what? Let's, let's see what I got. So nice. it worked what did, out. What did you race in footwear wise? I raced in the Hoka rocket X twos. Okay. So we're wonderful. But one thing they got so waterlogged because of all the water stops. It just, the other thing is they used really thick plastic cups okay. so people couldn't grip it and mm, sip it. it. You know, yeah. And yep. so people were just spraying water everywhere. Oh, geez. And so my socks and my shoes were just completely soaked. So that got, it was <laughs> very tough to run in. And I had a couple black toenails, not to get too graphic, but <laughs> it was pretty tough because it was just like, they were so heavy from all the water. It made the last five miles tough. Not only that, but you're fully exposed too. So once the sun came out, right. it was about 40 degrees to start, but then it warmed up to about 65. Um, so that, and it was just full sun. So you're really feeling it, especially in the last 5K, because it's also kind of windy because you're starting to get downtown and, and then in the last 800, it's kind of like Boston where you see the Brandenburg gate and you're like, all right, the finish is so close, but it's so far. So you're just sprinting. You're just ready to be done. And so once I saw that, I just immediately was just like, let's go, let's go, let's go. So you got under 250. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And then uh, what is the what did the turnaround look like from um because obviously that went well so you decided to do tunnel hill um mm -hmm. so what did that look like in between you said you had about six weeks in between so what did those six weeks look like for you um so the first week um i took a few days off just because we were also traveling back from berlin mm -hmm. so just the time and and just really took it easy and then the first couple runs back i wanted to make sure everything felt good physically. And, um, and so, and also seeing our, our PT to say, Hey, how did everything look? Like, I feel good running. Can I met, um, physically you think do the 50 miles? Cause I was like, you know what? I feel pretty good. Like, why not? This is the time before the record gets broken. I might as well use this fitness. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she was very, concern and kind of said listen you can't just ride a wave because what do waves eventually do they crash <laughs> you know are you and why are you doing this are you doing this because you want to do these records and all that or do you really want to do it and it was really good to have that perspective where it's like why what is your why because as you know in races we question everything of why <laughs> we're doing it so um with all that and also if, if it was cool with Ben, like he's going to be the one crewing, he's going to be the one dealing with me. Um, if this will all work out logistically. And so everything aligned. And then that's when I called Janice to say, all right, let's do a plan. And initially it was first week was kind of chill running and then building up the miles. And she had me doing like a 20 miler within the next week. And I was like, 18 and then just slowly build up and and then to the point where my peak um i was doing a 25 mile run with some pace work and then a 20 miler the next day wow. so Almost and that went really well 
So it made me go, all right, I can do this. Like I can do the volume. Um, it just made 20 miles feel normal. Like not a problem, like doable. Yeah. Right. Which That's is cool. so weird. to think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, um, led you into uh tunnel hill now um what was the the conversation in your head i mean you, obviously you wanted to go after the course record um as well as you know in the process getting the master's record um and now with that said you obviously knew what you had to pace to do so right um and then getting comfortable with that pace um and now were was the plan to have any pacers at the race or to do this solo? What did that look like? Um, so in the training, um, one of my friends, Joe, who did Tunnel Hill Art, did Strolling Gym as well, and we trained some together, um, was going to do Tunnel Hill too. He had a very good Chicago and wanted to do Tunnel Hill as well. He had um, family in Chattanooga, so it was pretty convenient. And um, we were going to pace it together. He had some difficulty in the later miles of strolling gym. And he was like, I should have paced with you better because in the last mile I had passed him at strolling gym. <laughs> and so he was like, oh, my gosh. Um, but he's new to the um, ultra running and, and longer distance. So he's like, let's pace together and then see where we're at. So we did a lot of long runs together. He also is coached by Janice as well. So we have very similar training plans. So we would do a couple long runs together. We did about 16 miles together, um, a pace work. So we just found that rhythm. Cool. And so for um, Tunnel Hill, we started off together and just kind of felt that rhythm of 705s. I kind of got that idea because I knew with Tunnel Hill, the first, um, it's two out and backs. So the first out and back is about 13 miles and it's flat. So you really can get into a rhythm. Um, and then the second half, it's um, flat and then about five miles of um, gain. So it's like rolling hills. And then you turn around and then you have a nice downhill coming up. So it's okay to have a little bit slower miles in that part, but you make up for it in the downhill, but it's also the last eight miles of the race. So you're also tired. So it's a fine balance. So we went in with saying, all right, we'll start at this pace and kind of bank time, but it's a doable pace because I thought, all right, it's 40 seconds slower than my marathon pace and strolling gym. I was about five seconds slower than this pace, but this, but Tunnel Hill has about 2000 feet less gain than uh, strolling gym. So it was a lot of like, all right, what kind of pace is reasonable? So we went in and just started that and literally did that the whole time. We had a couple people join in, including um, the woman, Polina, that one, she kind of joined in and then, and then we ran about 13 to 42 together, which was wild. Um, she's a 235 marathoner. So I knew I had my work cut out for me to race against someone like her. And she was wonderful. And it was very bittersweet to all of a sudden at mile 42, she just, you know, hit the gas and just was off. And so, but I think it helped to have some competition within the race too, because 
we kept each other accountable and kept each other honest. Yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. Um, Because, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, you're still competing at the same time. Um, and so, you know, going from Berlin, where, you know, you're you're looking at probably what you say, seven to, to eight gels. Um, mm-hmm. Did you have to change your nutritional strategy for uh, Tunnel Hill? Oh, yeah. So I went to the um, nutritional plan that I did for uh, for Strolling Gym, which really helped because I would see Ben um, about every five, depending on um, the spot, every five to 10 miles. So I didn't see him for the first 10 miles. And then I saw him about every five miles there on after. And what I did is I had a soft flask and I wore a naked belt and then I just had gels. So every five miles, I would switch off bottles, which I had goo roctane in, um, some caffeinated and uncaffeinated. I started off with no caffeine. And then around mile 26, started with some caffeine just as a bolt, jolt, but didn't want to upset the stomach and have too much caffeine. Um, and then had both um, uncaffeinated and caffeinated gels. And just making sure, even though it was 35 degrees at the start, um, making sure I still had all the electrolytes and what I needed to really maintain it and no GI issues, no bonks. It was just very smooth. So having that rhythm, practicing with it during, um, some of my training runs and knowing what worked at strolling gym. Now I seem to remember somebody, I don't have to name any names, just taking the Roctane powder and consuming <laughs> <it>. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yes, we've come. Names, but uh, <laughs> were was there any liquid in the uh, the Roctane yeah. bottles? <laughs> there was full full liquid. Bottles were already prepared. There was no straight powder in the mouth. There was no like white substances anywhere else except in the bottles. Um, but yes, we've come a long way, Aaron. <laughs> we are no longer uh, Roctane savages. <laughs> That's fantastic. Oh, well, oh my gosh. It, it sounds like everything's moving around. Uh, we're moving pretty well for you. And now with that eight miles to go when um, the eventual race, you know, female mm-hmm. race winner um, went ahead, were you guys still on the 705 pacing? Yeah, um, I I looked at my watch and yeah, we were really on that pace. And I was kind of seeing where we were in terms of timing mm-hmm. um, for the record and also just course record. Yeah. Um, and just, it was just amazing. Like the fact that it was still pretty smooth and making sure I was still under that pace and, and all that, it had slowed a little bit going uphill, mm-hmm. but coming back downhill, I also didn't want to push it too much because I had taken a fall about two weeks prior. And so my knee was like a little banged up. Um, so I could feel it a little bit, so I didn't want to overdo it and then fall or something, but also have that pace. So it felt really smooth and, you know, just was passing people. And the good thing about the out and back is you would see people as you turned around. So you knew where other people were. Right. And, um, so you knew like the first turn I saw that Polina was like a minute behind us and then she eventually caught up, but it was also cool to see a lot of the hundred mile women were pretty close and really up front. And, they had a stack field and one of the highlights was uh, Devin Yinka was there and she was like, Hey, Allison, 
And then Joe's next to me and I go, she knows my name. <laughs> Believe it. And Joe's just like, we're in the middle of a race and all you're thinking about, I'm like, sorry. You you can take, you know, the girl out of, the, you know, the fan yeah. out of the girl, but you can't take, you know. So yes. I'm, when, first and foremost, I am a fan of the sport. So, cool. you know, when you cool. feel yeah. like, her i'm like just yeah. like Camille, you know That's it's awesome. just wild yeah. to be part of that and and yep. be recognized so cool how mm-hmm. did you set up your watch um did you set it up for average pace so that you could see if you were hitting 705 or did you set it up actual yeah no i just had it on miles and total miles and pace so okay. if i i knew we were going up a little too much i say joe dial it back Joe, dial it back. <laughs> and um, every mile marker, I'm like, yes, we're on it. We're on pace. We feel good. It felt really smooth. And, um, you know, one thing I've noticed is just once I get into a pace, it set it, forget it. So we really hit a groove. And a couple of the 100 mile guys kind of joined in because they saw um, that we were just in that pace, that we're going here. This is ours. We're not going any faster. We're not going any slower. We're just starting this first 20 miles as just set it, forget it. Let's go. So right on. they kind of eventually fell off, but I think it was a little too aggressive. Sure. And I talked to a couple other, the hundred mile guys, Taggart, uh, Phil Young. I even um, reached out to Pat, Corey Waltering, just to get some insight into the course uh pacing what they were going to pace at um and just what to do and and just best practices zach bevan um who really helped a lot with strolling gym just because i'm a person that you know when they go into a race and want to do well you want to know everything about the race to set you up for success absolutely Mm -hmm. yeah and so um coming in um you know when you're when you're in that final mile you recognize Polina's ahead of you. Um, and you know, you're like, well, course records, not were you just like, okay, well, it's the, the master's record. It is mm-hmm. Mental, mentally you were, you know, I'm sure pretty excited to get to the finish line, but you know, um, what, when she passed, mm-hmm. was there any type of, uh, negative, did you go into a negative space or were you able to stay positive and just focus on what you were doing? I mean, I don't even like now I'm trying to think back. I mean, I'm like, why did I not go faster? Why did I not? And I guess that was just all I had. And, you know, you can't, I was of course mad because there was course record prize money. And Mm. I was like, by letting people down, like, um, getting second, like just felt kind of defeated. But at the end of the day, it was like, no, like the times we set, we push each other, you know, you got to be proud of that setting an American record. Um, and then seeing the time at a sub six hour, mm-hmm. 50 milers, nothing to scoff at when you see how it ranks. So it was just, yes, I am a competitive person. I want to <laughs> win. I want to dominate. I want to destroy. But you can't help, you know, you got to see the silver lining yeah. of what this presented. And like I said, if she wasn't there pushing it, if she wasn't there, I don't know how it would have finished. Right. So, yeah, which she was, let's see, uh, about 
just under three minutes. So two minutes and 58 mm-hmm. seconds ended up being the difference between you and mm-hmm. me. Um, so super close. I mean, especially over 50 miles. I mean, it, it happened in the yeah. last eight miles, you say, but um, mm-hmm. you, you know, you came across the finish line knowing that you had just accomplished, you know, setting a new American master's record, um, which is awesome. And so her final time was 557.12, which is absolutely insane. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So cool. Um, uh, you know, first, congratulations on that. That puts you second female overall in the 50 miler, uh, seventh overall in the race itself. Um, mm-hmm. Charlie Lawrence just set a new, was it world record? Is that world right? Record. Yeah, yeah. New world record. He ran 448, um, 21, uh, to set a new world record at 50 miles. Um, and then, uh, Raj Paul, um, was uh, second in 502. So he was about a little under 14 minutes back, which mm-hmm. incredible, some incredible times that were run, obviously. I mean, we had records falling all over the place. <laughs> um, yeah. What, what does the, the world masters record look like? How fast is that? Do you, do you know? I don't. I just know that I was I'm now third all time among masters worldwide, which is oh wow. Phenomenal. Yeah. Um it's just not even because it's just funny because that just shows you my perspective is I just smart like American and I didn't even think about world until Camille posted about it. That's cool. and just thinking that's where I rank is just mind boggling <laughs> to me. And just shows like anything is possible too. Yeah. And, and looking into that and, and looking in the future about the hundred K. Sure. So, um, cool. but That's yeah. Cool. And speaking of Charlie and, and Raj, like they literally, because it was an out and back, were floating, like they're going so fast, but it just looks so effortless. And I met Charlie the day before and he couldn't have been nicer um just running around warming up getting ready and you know calling a shot which takes yeah. you know tremendous um courage and i as guts to just say hey i'm going for it to go for a walmsley record right. you know you really have to do your due diligence so sure. it was amazing to see and watch that's cool that's cool mm. um you had mentioned that there's prize money for records um, mm-hmm. was there prize money for the master's record um no but i got prize money for finishing second so right on. um only prize money for world records because oh, camille okay. set the 100 mile world record and then zach bitter set the um world record there too so gotcha. you know it's just i feel like tunnel hill is the valencia yeah. marathon of um <laughs> ultras where it's it's not a marathon major. It's not a uh, Western seat. It's a hard rock, a UTMB. But if you want to run fast and set records yeah. and have one of the most well-run, um, supported races, you go there. I can't recommend it enough. And oh, cool. um, as you know, having a good race director, good structure, good system, people that love it, good volunteers, um, amazing race photography, um, you can't ask for a better race than that. You had good race pictures because that's the important thing. Obviously. <laughs> I mean, you only look so good when you're going like all out. But I mean, I don't know if they photoshopped or did a lot of special effects. But some of the photos, I mean, the one I have posted, it's just phenomenal. It just shows the joy and just yeah. also fall anywhere with the leaves changing. I mean, you can't go wrong. 
Yes. I'm going to need that finished picture so I can post it with social with this one. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Oh my God. Um, yeah. Uh, the, um, just amazing. Oh, let me just say congratulations. That's, uh, you know, still mind blown when I saw the, <laughs> the post my, you know, I was like, Oh my God. So fantastic. Really. I'm so happy for you. Um, Okay, so post fact. Now you've you finished. Uh, your you know hopefully your your year end goals <laughs> have been met. <laughs> yeah. So what does uh what does this this time period look like for you? Um, it is just recovery and just thinking to twenty twenty four. And I mean, I'm back running just very casually because. I love running like anyone that knows me. I just want to be outside. I just want to be, I don't need to be doing speed workouts, whatever. I just want to be out running. Yeah. Um, so, you know, just enjoying that, enjoying the holiday time and there's no pressure. It's just yeah. don't need to go do this or that. And um, just waiting for, to see, as I've talked about before, the hundred K national team, mm -hmm. seeing what the requirements are and, hopefully make the team and hopefully there's a world championship and that's the ultimate goal. And, and one of the driving factors for doing tunnel Hill was to have a 50 mile qualifier since strolling gym wasn't really a qualifier since it's under 50 miles. So hopefully it puts me in good standings that I can represent the U S in the world championship. That's so cool. I love it. Mm -hmm. Best of luck there. Um, it's you know it's traditionally been Mad City, but as you kind of said, they haven't announced what twenty twenty four championships yeah. are yet. But you know that's that's really cool, uh, and I, we can't wait to see so what you do. Um, man, uh, is there anything else that we missed, didn't talk about that you'd like to to talk about a little bit about? Or um, I think we went pretty darn in depth. <laughs> yeah, no, I think we talked about everything. No, I. Really appreciate you reaching out and all your encouragement and oh my goodness, yeah. um everything throughout all of our crazy adventures and <laughs> that all that you do. So um yeah, no, I'm very excited to share my story and, and what happened and just can't wait. And I hope it, you know, encourages other people that, you know, it doesn't matter. It's funny when you turn 40 and when I did in April, I was like, what does this mean? And, you know, you told me 10 years ago, no, you're going to be setting these records. You're going to be doing seven minute miles for five, 50 miles. Like, no, it, it's yeah. something I never thought was possible. And like you say, you surround yourself and with my family being super supportive, husband, everyone, it just shows you anything. It's just a positive mindset and just having the right preparation. Fantastic. Great way to, yeah. to close this out. Um, mm -hmm. If people want to follow you, uh, how can they connect with you? Um, Strava, because, you know, where else do runners go? And uh, Instagram, one woman dance party, as I had the <laughs> best introduction ever. <laughs> it's always wild to me. Maybe this is just my age when everyone refers to you as your Instagram handle and not your name. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> yep. One woman dance party at your yeah, service. Yeah. So, so connect with her, follow her on Strava, uh, yeah. show her some love. It's uh, she's amazing. Allison, it's a pleasure and honor to have you on here. Congratulations. Once again, I'm just so happy for you. It's oh, man. What an amazing feat. Thanks, Aaron. I appreciate it. Congratulations to Allison 
once again, uh, I, can't, I can't say how impressed I am because I'm just flabbergasted. Super fast, super amazing. She is awesome. I love her positivity. Uh, so please, you know, give her a follow. She's she's definitely worth it. Um, she does some outstanding things. So um, appreciate that so much, Allison. Thank you. I know she's listening. <laughs> so uh, and uh, man. So, uh, like I said at the beginning, um, I had a question come in uh, about um, running as um, uh, keto uh, or being on a keto diet and training uh, because, you know, I've talked about it in the past. Now, I wouldn't say that I was on a keto diet. I was on a low-carb diet. Uh, so there's, um, you know, there's a lot here to unpack. Um, now, keep in mind, I am not a dietitian. Uh, I do not say whether someone should be on a keto diet, uh, a carbohydrate diet. That's not my place. I can only tell you my experience um, and the reason why I did it. Now, people have reasons for being on a keto diet. Now, the you know the difference being between keto and low carb is that um, we are looking at staying in keto ketosis, right? Which requires in honesty, a little bit of testing to determine whether you are, you know, remaining in ketosis, what are your ketone levels? Um, now I, I did not do that. I just went low carbohydrate. I just tried to keep my carbs low. I wasn't monitoring exactly how many carbohydrates I was intaking per day. I was just making sure that I wasn't, you know, eating any large amounts of carbohydrates, which include, I, you know, I did not eat many breads, rices, uh, potatoes, you know, grains. It was, um, you know, I just made sure that I was eating primarily, um, vegetables, um, you know, uh, definitely protein, um, salads, uh, you know, the like. And so, um, my doctor, you know, had recommended, why don't we try a low carbohydrate diet and see if it, it takes off some of the weight, um, which was, you know, my goal because I was not having success, which we, you know, we tested, did blood tests to make sure that everything was functioning properly. And, you know, I had my physical and everything and everything seemed to be okay, but I, I just wasn't getting the weight off. Um, now recently I'll say that, you know, I had a conversation with, um, uh, Meredith Terranova, you, you heard our conversation on the podcast, um, but I've had two conversations with her and we determined that my metabolism, you know, because of my eating habits, I wasn't activating my metabolism. My metabolism wasn't fast enough to keep up with, uh, the way I was eating and my eating schedule. And so now that I have, you know, been eating on schedule and trying to eat at the same time every day, as well as getting in food prior to running, my runs feel so much better. My weight is going down. Uh, my metabolism is starting to activate and get faster again. We are retraining my my metabolism. So, um, is it necessary to go on keto, you know on a ketosis diet? Uh, well, there's a few things here. Uh, again, you know, consult a dietitian. Talk to a dietitian, uh, you know, and and determine whether you know ketosis would be a right state for you. Um, is it um, a medical professional that's recommending ketosis? The the question really was: Is it possible to run on a keto diet? Um, now, again, this is you are an N of one, right? It's there's no like you know this is going to work for every single person. Um, what I will say is that the energy demands uh, of running can be very, you know, high, and that, and if you're on a ketone, a ketosis diet, 
you're going to have to keep your heart rate low. That's just plain and simple and, and work in zone two uh, and zone three uh, where you're, you know, primarily burning fat for, for energy, right? Zone two is going to be the ideal state for you. If you're in ketosis, uh, that is your fat burning zone. When you start going into zone three, you're going to start burning more glycogen, uh, which is going to require more carbohydrates of you. And so without those carbohydrates in your diet, you're going to feel a diminished energy level. You're not going to be able, your heart rate's going to spike because it's trying to keep up and it's, you know, it's, it's deriving from systems that just can't pull enough glycogen for a long period of time because you're not supplying it with the glycogen. So be very careful if you're going to go on a ketosis diet. Yes, it is possible, but you're going to have to monitor your heart rate. And by that, I would suggest wearing a heart rate monitor. A chest strap is going to be the most accurate. And, you know, really finding out what is your maximum heart rate and then, you know, finding out where is your zone two and staying within that zone two, which is very difficult, especially for trail runners. Because once we hit an uphill, you have to go extremely slow on the uphills. Now it's not to say that like, you know, if you go out for an hour run that you're going to bonk, that's not the case here. You know, we're talking about more of our long efforts, especially in the mountains. When you start climbing a lot, you're again, you're, you're just going to feel this energy dwindle because it's the body's really trying to catch up and provide it with glycogen to supply you at the heart rate that you're at. If it's above zone two. Uh, so, you know, uh, to make this <laughs> this long-winded answer a little bit more short is it, it can work. Ketosis, a ketosis diet can work if it's necessary for you as a distance runner, but you're going to really have to monitor your heart rate. Okay, that's the big takeaway here. Okay. Um, so I hope that answers your question. Uh, if you have further questions, you know, and I can answer them, I certainly will try. Um, but again, um, consult your primary care physician, consult a dietitian, talk about these things. Do they make sense for you? And do they make sense for the running that you want to do? Um, if you're doing marathon training, that's going to be more difficult. Obviously, if you're doing ultra training, it can work, right? Um, but you're going to be, have to be a little bit more creative in your diet and meeting these needs of your body. If you're training for something quite fast, um, quite difficult, or that requires a higher elevated heart rate. Okay. So that would be my response. Um, so thank you for the question. I really do appreciate that. And I hope that does help. Uh, otherwise, uh, here, man, um, I, uh, had a great session with, uh, Will France. Uh, he is a coach, previous podcast guest. Um, actually the highest amount of downloads was from, uh, coach Will's podcast with me. Um, you know, really impressed with how many downloads we got. Um, but aside from that, uh, he is a strength coach as well. And so we did a zoom, uh, call. He did kind of a functional movement screening with me to determine my mobility, my strength, my, you know, my weaknesses and lack of mobility, and then prescribed a strength training program. Uh, twice a week, we've, I've got a strength training mobility program uh, that should help these areas of tightness, weakness, uh, you know, lack of mobility. So um, a great, great time with him. I super appreciate him. Um, if you're looking to connect with Coach Will just to do the same, uh, let me know. 
He's, uh, he's typically $100 a month, uh, and you can have unlimited access and, and ask questions of, of Will, um, but you can also connect with him on his website. So um, I'll try to post that stuff in the show notes. But I'm very excited to have you know my own strength training program, like Allison was mentioning in the podcast that Marissa Moreo, Romeo uh, provided for her. Um, you know, it's, uh, whew, it, you know, it, it, it's great to have that piece. Uh, I typically had been programming myself and I am not the, I'm not the strength coach, right? Like that's not my, um, my forte, my strength. Um, I understand it. I have basic concepts of it, but it's nice to have somebody overseeing that piece of it. Um, so far as my running goes, you know, last week I was a little bit tired. I had helped Natalie Daniel on her 200 mile, um, run from the grandfather mountain over to the, uh, terminus of art lobe at Davidson river and, um, kind of put me a little bit behind this week. I was a bit fatigued. So, um, Friday, uh, just ended up being a super busy day. Um, and probably for, you know, good reason, I just took the day off. And then Saturday I was volunteering at the looking glass 100 K and had planned on getting out for a run. But, uh, again, other things popped up and, uh, I didn't get home until late. So I just took another day off and recuperated and went for a run Saturday. And now, um, you know, my kind of tweaked my back <laughs> loading the trailer and unloading the trailer. Um, wife got that, that fixed for me and, um, you know, I was, I was, Feeling good Sunday, but I didn't want to push it. So um, I ran um, about six miles with some friends. I had a great run. I twisted my ankle. Dang it, that left angle. <laughs> it, it twisted it again. Um, but, um, you know, I, I got done. And um, Caleb, uh, who paced me at Wasatch, uh, he wanted to, to go like four more miles. I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll join you for that. So um, we ran just nice and flat on some of the, the dirt roads around uh, Bent Creek and through the Arboretum. Um, and you know, just added on a little bit. So I got 10 in, felt pretty good about that. Um, ankle was a bit sore, um, the rest of Sunday. And then today is Monday that I'm recording this. And, um, I went for a walk with my dog actually felt pretty good. I wasn't hobbling, wasn't limping. I can still feel some pain. Uh, so, you know, I'm not going to push it at this point in my training, you know, no reason to push it or force training. So the walk will be good for today. Um, and then tomorrow, you know, I'll get back to some, a little bit of of running. I'm going to just stay on roads and dirt roads for a bit, um, and work on some ankle strength while I'm at it. You know, just to kind of make sure that I don't re-roll it, that I'm, you know, my ankle is as strong as it can be. Um, so just, you know, like I said, it's too early to be to be worrying about all that. Um, did do some strides last week. First time I did hill strides in a long time. Uh, definitely felt awkward. Uh, I know my neuromuscular response to strides is uh, at, a, at a pretty low <laughs> right now. Uh, so <clears throat> something I will continue to work on, uh, moving forward, uh, just, you know, t- working on my turnover, working on my stride, working on my form. Um, but yeah, so nice to be reincorporating those still doing form drills, um, and mobility as well. Uh, so continue to incorporate those into, um, my schedule as well as now, um, doing the, the strength training twice a week, uh, is the plan from, from coach will. So, um, that's great. We're doing a turkey trot on Thursday um, with my family. Uh, I have no idea what that's going to look like. There's 1,400 runners um, in this 5K. I'm, I have really no interest of trying to race, um, more just being there to support my family and, and enjoy it. Um, either I'll run with my wife if I can keep up, 
or with my daughter. Um, I, like I said, I don't really want to race a 5k at this point in my training. Um, I think it could be, you know, detrimental and end up getting me injured if I try to go too fast at this point. Cause I have, I have no training to really <laughs> substantiate me trying to race a five, you know, a fast 5k. So, um, so just going to do this one for fun. My next race is actually going to be at, um, uh, South mountains half marathon. in I think that's January 7th, I believe it's on a Sunday. So if I got the date wrong, forgive me. Um, but you know, South mountains for those don't know, uh, it's a great little state park. They have a 50 K and a marathon on uh, Saturday and then the half marathons on Sunday, beautiful waterfalls. Um, you know, it's, it's a great place, gorgeous views. Um, it is East of, of Asheville, uh, just a little bit down the mountain. So, um, great race though. Uh, Brandon thrower puts it on Tanawa adventures. They're the ones that put on looking glass that we, we helped out with this past weekend. Uh, but, uh, yeah, super, super happy and stoked to, uh, to, you know, to toe the line again. Uh, I don't think I'll race in December. I think I'm just going to focus on training and kind of, you know, building back, uh, seems I need to incorporate a little bit more zone two work at the moment. I've been running a lot of zone three, um, but I think I need to incorporate a little bit more zone two to reap some of the maximum benefits of that zone two training, which is something I, um, I'm going to go look back at, uh, 2020, um, you know, 2020 and 2021, I seem to have two really good training cycles and I, I want to dive back into it. And that's, what's great about having, um, training peaks in Strava is you can really dip back into the data and just kind of see, well, how much zone two running was I actually doing? Cause it seemed to really work in those two years. Um, you know, what I was doing, building up my base. Um, you know, I, it, things are getting faster and I'm feeling better. So things are trending the right direction. I just want to make sure that I'm not doing too much zone three running. Um, and you know, like I said, you benefit a great amount from zone two in the, the base period. So I want to make sure I'm getting in enough, uh, volume at that zone two. Um, so you know, that's kind of where things are at at the moment for training and racing um, and strength training. You know, excited to, again, add that component. Um, well, not add it, but to have, you know, some direction in that. So, again, if you're looking to, uh, to you know, contact Coach Will, let me know. Um, I gain nothing financially from, uh, from you know, any of these people. Um, I, I simply want to make sure that you're getting the best out of your training. Uh, so great to meet so many of you at Looking Glass. I certainly appreciate you guys listening to the podcast. Um, and, and if you have questions uh, about training or, or whatever it may be, please you know, um, reach out to me. Uh, my connections are all in the show notes. You can visit my website, uh, runningislife.run, and grab the information there. There is contact through the website there. So please uh, feel free to, to connect with me. Uh, you can see my training on Strava just as you can Allison's. Uh, so, you know, follow along, ask questions there. Um, love hearing from you. Appreciate uh, the, you know, the feedback. I feel obviously, and, and, you know, definitely the, the, the positive reinforcement that everybody gives um, on Strava. It, it's so nice and welcome. I love our community. So thank you guys for everything. Thank you to my Patreon supporters. Um, they're wonderful and obviously keep me <laughs> moving. So if you can support for as little as a dollar a month, uh, it certainly goes a long way and keeps this going, keeps me motivated, keeps me wanting to give you the best um, out of the podcast that I can, the best guests. Um, speaking of which, our next guest will be Natalie Daniel. Uh, she's going to come on and talk about her 200 mile. Um, you know, she just set a new um, 
FKT. So uh, established a route, and uh, man, uh, you know, we're going to talk about everything that's gone into this because uh, there was there was definitely some hiccups and definitely some low points. Uh, it's going to be a fun conversation with Natalie, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, this is going to reach your ears on Thanksgiving Day, so a very happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. I hope you get to enjoy that, um, you know, and and get some fun running in, uh, whether it be at a turkey trot, a group run, or whatever it may be. Uh, if you're looking for coaching, don't hesitate to reach out. Again, all my contact information is in the show notes. I'm happy to have that conversation with you. Um, typically, I'll send you my call schedule link, and we'll set up a time to have a chat so we can go over and talk about things and see if we're a good fit for one another. So please you know, reach out if you're interested in coaching. Happy to do so. Uh, I think that's it for this show, my friends. I certainly appreciate your ears and your time for listening, for being a part of this podcast. Um, uh, you know, as usual, if you can share this podcast with others, um, like, leave a review, all those things help people find the podcast. So thank you again. And until next time, keep moving forward.